Episode 25. Yes. The quarter century. There it is. It's it's kind of unbelievable. It's a nice little milestone mm-hmm. for me, for you. Yep. Not so much. Yeah, it's no, a nice little milestone for me. Yeah. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty impressive, as I say all the time. He's, they said we'd never make it. I don't know who they are, but they're wrong. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Sit there in all their wrongness and be wrong. <laughs> so, big week. Yes. We are a week... Behind. We actually had intended to do this last weekend, yeah. But someone decided to, you know, catch a little bit of a cold, yeah, a bit East, of man flu at, uh, at Comic Con. An Eastern European lurgy is what I got. Ah, oh, I've crawled myself out of the deathbed to, to be here this evening because that's a kind of commitment that we have, yeah, people. I'm fucking cold, but I'm just saying, it's all serious. There is a jacket there if you no, want to throw a, it on. No, it's I can good. get you a nano blanket. I'm not a pussy, I am a pussy, <laughs> <laughs> I can't back that up. Change my pitch up, smack my bitch up. I said, change my pitch up, smack my bitch up. Oh. So, the couple of pricks, Death Train, yeah, rolls on. Absolutely. Thankfully, only one this week. Mm-hmm. Last episode, I'm actually counting as as a pass. Well, we didn't care because we didn't care. Yeah, yeah. But this, Dennis Farina. Yeah, that's right. Uh, of course, yeah. uh, I had no idea who you were talking about. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, man. Oh, it's tragic. Oh, it's a tragedy. Who, who, who died again? Uh, yeah, Dennis Farina. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I, I was actually a bit gutted when I. I mean, you know. I mean, not tragic. not Tony Soprano gutted. No, but, yeah. but no, that's pretty tragic. Best remembered for me in Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. I think that was the, yeah, probably the first time I really, really noticed him. But. Bar- Ray Barone? Was that Ray mm. Barone? Was that who he played? Yep. I've always enjoyed him in uh, Out of Sight, uh, Jennifer Lopez, George Clooney. Yes. I really enjoyed, especially his interplay with Michael Keaton and, and whatnot. But yeah, no, he'll be, he'll be missed. He's a pretty impressive sort of character actor. He's been around for a yeah. while. 69. And started as a, as a cop. He was a Chicago City, mm, yeah. city policeman who was almost a consultant or like someone on, on a Michael Mann film. And he said, hey, I like you. Can you come and do this? Yeah, a bit so, like how um, Ali Ermi got his role in uh, Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket, the drill sergeant, brought him on to consult. And, and, oh, well, anyway, he'll be with Miss. That, that's, that is a bit sad, yeah. even though I obviously didn't remember. But first I could say I have, I have like a mountain of snot in my head. So, yeah. You know, but that's, that's tragic. Shall we dive straight into news? Dive. I've I've got I've got uh, vignettes, if you will. I've just got little little tidbits, little little things. My first news item: Sylvester Stallone tweeted the following: Mad Max versus Barney Ross, which uh, is the unofficial confirmation that her Mel Gibson will be uh, in Expendables Three. Mel is also set to star in the new film Machete Kills, or Machete Kills which is apparently shifting the action from Mexico to World War II Germany, but uh, nonetheless, uh, that's something. But uh, yeah, so apparently Mad Max, 
Because he'd, he'd neglected to... He knocked back the director's chair. Because he wants to do that new Viking thing, Berserker. So he's, mm. he's done the, the Jews killing Christ. And then he did Apocalypto. And now he's going to do the Vikings. He's going to fuck them up as well. How's he going to work the Jews fucking the Vikings in? I have no idea. Uh, part of you know hurdy gurdy gurdy dreidel something like that I don't I just don't know but that, that could be interesting like, yeah. uh, we've, I mean, we've I, spoken before that Mel Puff and me uh, batshit crazy I'd love a good Mel comeback yeah yeah. he's he's fighting against the machine though but here's the thing given the the premise behind Expendables is that it's given has been actors another shot <laughs> true how do you feel about yeah. being anyway so bad guy I think so yeah I think he's going to be a bad guy because well, he's versus yeah yeah, yeah, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Good friend of the show, Tom Cruise's Time Loop Actioner, All You Need Is Kill, has been retitled yes. as the incredibly bland Edge of Tomorrow. I hope that the rest of the film <clears throat> isn't being sanitised and homogenised into mediocre studio crap. But time, time will tell on that one. Time will tell. The original premise I liked... Mm. I just hope that this isn't the start of a watering uh, watering down something cool to get a PG rating and yeah. sell all, more tickets. All you need is kill, all you need is kill is probably a bit harsh, you know. To it probably won't draw people in, and the people it will draw in will probably be the deadhead actioners and whatnot who are going to come anyway. So don't. But I agree with you. If it turns out to be, you know, but does it matter what the name of the film is when it's got Tom Cruise above the banner? Uh, well, well, night and day didn't. No, I did do well because well, was, you know, but uh, I mean that which actually wasn't the worst movie at all. I don't know, I don't know. I mean they changed it. They changed one shot to Jack Reacher so that it would would hit everybody and, mm. and pardon the pun. So I I I guess so. I I'm not overly perturbed that they've changed the name. I do think that having anything with a kill in the title does sort of prevent, you know, a certain type of person that would you know probably go oh, I'm not going to go and see this but what's it called now Edge of Tomorrow Edge of, uh, Edge Edge of, of Tomorrow Edge of Tomorrow yeah I don't know it's just a bit of a naff nothing title yeah, I'm not entirely sure why anyone would go and see that too yeah but yeah I mean I went and saw a movie called Event Horizon because it had Sam Neill in it and that was it and of course yeah. it turned out to be an amazing fucking film yeah Ed- Edge of Tomorrow though it's just so non-committal it could be a you know it could be the fucking lake house. Yeah, well, it could with, be it could with be Keanu Reeves. Reeves yeah. It could be anything. It could be a period piece. It could be Age of Innocence, The End of Tomorrow. The, yeah, you know, written by Jane Austen. Yes, Olivia, not Munn, even though I have her on my head. Olivia Wilde, I think, is in this movie with with Tom, mm. which is just worth going to see unto itself. So, according to reports, the King Killer Chronicles is coming to TV. The uh, the Patrick Rothfuss epic saga that he has definitely promised will only be a trilogy unlike somebody else who promised that it was only going to be four books and then five books and then think he might make it seven and then has most recently said I hope to wrap it up in seven books but who knows fuck you George R. R. Martin but the King Killer Chronicles Fox TV and Re- New Regency Productions have optioned the rights and somebody called Eric Heiserer who's basically done shit all, is attached to Adapter Series. I'm quietly excited, but there's a there's a part of me that is also, yeah, because there's obviously the Game of Thrones cashing in on that. There's, there's still a core, there's still a niche market, and what's going to, the problem is is that you're going to have a situation, whereas this, this particular King Chronicles doesn't really follow the normal 
fantasy tropes. You have so it might work, but you'll have situations where people will say, I've "Seen this, done that, been there, been here, done mm. all that sort of stuff." Anyway, it, look, vaguely interesting. Boring. The, the second book that I thought was boring was batshit. To be perfectly honest, yeah. I, there, there were big parts of it. So I hope somebody has some decent ability to to razor it down and say, you know, no. But I reckon it quite easily make five seasons yeah. if it's if it's popular enough. If they yeah. can they cast it right. Yeah. Well, I, I had this as as one of my news mm. my news items. And yeah, the same the same caveat. Excited, yeah. hopeful. But with the caveat of, are they just writing this, oh, Game of Thrones has been successful, yep. let's get something fantasy and see if we can turn the same mm. thing. So it's... I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no question that, that HBO and George R. R. Martin have opened the doors to this type of thing. And, and the only reason HBO has Game of Thrones is because um, his name escapes me. But the, the new program director basically said everything's available on the table. We're trying going to try things now we would never have tried five years ago. And this is the... And this is, this is, this is HBO saying Yeah, that. this is the one who brought... They the broke the mould so. the first time and mm. they're saying, oh, let's... So I'm, I'm pretty excited by the concept. I hope they don't fuck it. Mm. But time will tell. Terry Gilliam has a new film. Good friend of the show. The ex-Python animator, who both amazes and baffles us with films like Brazil and 12 Monkeys is bringing us Zero Theorem, starring Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. It's set in a complete departure for a Terry Gilliam film in a bizarre dystopian future, <laughs> with Waltz set to star as Cohen Leth. That's mm-hmm. Q-O-H-E-N, so you know it's edgy because they don't use use. A reclusive computer genius. Like any Gilliam film, it's a coin toss as to whether it actually gets released. <laughs> but I am very, very... I mean, Terry Gilliam on a film yes. sells it yeah. to me to begin with. Absolutely. So he's a... I don't understand why he cops so much. I mean, it's it's kind of like buying a pit bull and putting it in a nursery and not expecting it to eat a baby. Like, it just you, you just... Stay with me, folks. It's... <laughs> It's you. You know what you're getting with Terry Gilliam. I don't know why he cops so much studio interference. Let's get Terry Gilliam on it. Great. Let's it. Let him do what he does. Oh no, we're gonna fuck all over that because um, no, we we didn't know you were gonna do this. Yeah, he he is. I think a victim of his own creativity. Of, of course, he definitely does not conform to any mm. studio, you know, wish list. Yeah, the Man of La Mancha movie that he tried to get made mm. forever and almost yeah, killed yeah. Johnny Depp or... and then and then when he does get a film out like where you think there's something seriously bankable for example Heath Ledger and Matt Damon in The Brothers Grimm yeah. didn't quite I mean it was okay but yeah. it didn't quite get where it was yeah. for every 12 monkeys and Brazil yeah. you get yeah. Brothers Grimm you get the, the Imaginarium event, of yeah. Dr. Parnassus you know yeah. to be fair to that movie though that kind of had a lot of hurdigles <laughs> I think I think the technical term is heathicals. Oh, thrown up against it with with the the sad the sad demise. Yeah, but um, still, yeah, yeah. If he's worth his salt, he can move a shit around it. <laughs> I mean, Brandon Lee died in the middle of the crow. Then. Anyway, but so be it. Hurdigals, people. That's your word for the day. Hurdigals. Sasha Baron Cohen has pulled out of the Freddie Mercury biopic over creative differences. Yes, I did do air quotes, according to reports. 
Apparently, SBC wanted to have an edgier, darker tone to the film, which did not sit well with Brian May and Roger Taylor. The movie, which is backed by Queen, focuses on the period leading up to Live Aid in 1985 and Mercury's most famous performance there. I'm devastated by this because mm. as soon as I heard Sasha Baron Cohen was going to do Free Mercury, I, I, I cannot see anybody else in that role. No. And I'm just... And he... he does have it he could do it yeah he could really and wanted obviously wanted to be a bit darker and a bit edgier and yeah that's a shame that queen want to sanitize that i don't know why they would want to sanitize freddie's past i don't know i mean i do but i don't like we all know it's the worst kept secret ever he was a hedonist he was yeah yeah sasha in this role when yeah because just a couple of years ago this Mm. came out and it was my god it was yeah it was it, it was the perfect you, because there was that moment of oh what the fuck and then you think oh, hang on a second this is perfect this yeah. is the only person who could do yeah. it so I'm a bit devastated I, I would like to think that maybe they can talk him back mm. I'd like to think but um, the script's been written yeah. it's all been done so, Quinn so, improved it yeah. so it's it's creative differences and not creative differences I don't think folks I just made the money yeah. rubbing motion I don't, to go with Woody's air quotes. I don't think well I mean Look, I don't, I don't think it is. I genuinely think that Brian May, Roger Taylor want to protect the Queen image, mm-hmm. which has not been sullied by any stretch of the imagination. No. But I think they're not respecting people to, to, to step away from... To, the, I don't think they're respecting their fans. I don't respect the people enough to go, we all knew Freddie was a, a rampaging party. Bring queen. me another. This one's broken. You know, let, you know... Rumors of of midgets carrying balls of cocaine on their heads and whatnot. Hmm. Most of it didn't happen. We all know that, but fuck it, you know. But he, he was far from a saint. Yeah, exactly. He di- he did die you, you, of an AIDS related illness because yeah. he was having lots of promis- you know promiscuous, unprotected hmm. sex with men at the time to- at the height of the AIDS crisis. Hmm. Like it's a it's yes. Anyway, he was a troubled young man. A lot of he was very troubled. But uh, there's, there to this day has never been a better frontman. Like, oh. I just hands down doesn't. You don't have to be a fan. You just have to step back, turn the sound down, and watch a frontman rile a crowd up. Yeah, and you never will. No, there will never in the in the history or the future of music be a better frontman to a band. Absolutely. Than Freddie. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a there's a yeah. Anyway, we could go on and on and on, but it's a sad. It's I think it's sad. Yeah. Sean Ryan has confirmed that the Beverly Hills Cop TV show is officially dead. Oh. Ready? Oh. Yeah. After CBS chose not to pick up the pilot. However, there was reportedly enough interest generated about the project to reignite talks of a theatrical sequel. The script is reportedly being penned by Ghost Protocol screenwriters Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec. Eddie Murphy, of course, is set to star, reprising his role as Axel Foley. Oh, look, I didn't think it was going to work as a TV series. Mm. I do think it could work as a movie, but... Uh, is Eddie also going to play the bad guy in a fat suit? <laughs> <laughs> and then the bad guy's family? Uh, <laughs> uh, that Yeah, that would be... It would be good to see Eddie Murphy do something worthwhile. I mean, I think I do think he was he was left out in the cold with Dreamgirls. I think it would be something worthwhile to go back to the well to sort of go, yeah, yeah, it's it's this is what I do. I'm a, you know I do have a little bit of chops, but he tried to go serious too soon. Yeah, but anyway. I, I thought Dreamgirls was exceptional. I thought he was very good in it. Yeah, but I don't think he was taken seriously because he'd done so much 
daddy daycare Pluto crap, Nash. all that garbage that he did. Yeah. It's like, oh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, you know. And really, a lot of people just thought he was up there doing shtick until they realised, no, no, he's really... He was actually acting, yeah. yeah. So some news that made me feel a little happy inside. John Williams is set to score the next Star Wars movie. I thought he wasn't. I th- have they... Been confirmed. He's in. Yep, has no and he has no plans of, a, of finding out anything about the script or anything along those lines. He will score it as he has scored every other Star Wars movie. They show him the print or whatever. They talk to him about it. He does his bit, and then off they go. Because you know how they, yeah. I'm explaining it to our listeners, they'll often have an orchestra in the in the music hall, and they will have a large screen playing the movie, and the conductor can see the screen, and he will accentuate or the music and, and keep obviously keep time so it'll it'll appear. They, I mean, they don't loop it at that particular time, but it's so that the, the, the sound editors can later on go, this is exactly the beat that we want when this happens, so on and so forth. He's very excited to be doing it, very happy to be going back to doing it, so that would be great. There's, yeah, there's no nothing better. No, that and that made me feel good. Like, that just gave me a little ray of hope. I mean, I know he's, he did the prequels, so, unfortunately. Yeah, way, way to bring the show down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're at it, Dennis Freener. Spike Lee, in a desperate attempt to seem hip and relevant, <laughs> has launched a Kickstarter to fund his next film. He's looking for $1.25 million, and as of recording, he's a little under halfway there, with a little under half the time elapsed. So he's sort of running on track to get it, yeah. if, if he keeps doing what he was doing. However, he's not giving away any details of the film, calling it the hottest, newest Spike Lee joint. Right. As a, and it's a thriller. Okay. Right. I don't care. Because <laughs> let's face it, you're right. He's desperate, desperate to try and be fucking relevant again. But I was I was actually just looking there. Isn't he doing something? Isn't he remaking something? Oh, old Boy. Old Boy. That's what it was. So, fuck which him. Is, which is probably wrapped and said to be released. Although, it? have you seen the preview of Old Boy? No. It, no. It's interesting. Okay. Well, No. I know, but that's only because I'm a bit of a, a, a purist. tight-ass purist about it. Um, and it's Spike Lee. I mean, yeah. And you didn't need to remake it. That's no. That's probably it. I mean, like, it'd be like going ahead and remaking, oh, I don't know, Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the news that I was happy about with John Williams, another little quick, little mm-hmm. quick vignette, if you will. Ellen DeGeneres to host 2014 Oscars. That, and that was my, my closer. Was it? Well. I've actually got one more to close with, so, uh, but that's that's fine. But I'm excited about this because I yeah. like Ellen. I Ellen, really do. she did a great job the yeah. last time she did it. She's, you know, you, you hear about you know Hollywood ugly. Yeah. Not, and I'm, I'm not saying that she is by any stretch of the imagination, but Hollywood ugly, obviously stunningly beautiful, but you know, not Hollywood. Yeah, so, yeah. She's Hollywood edgy. Yeah. So... She is safe, but she has enough edge to her that it's perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect. It's not. Choice. It's not Eddie Murphy. No, it's not Eddie Murphy edgy. But yeah, Ellen. Yeah, I'm I, happy, I could I'm not really be happier. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about this. Pretty pretty happy about this. I mean, I I you're exactly right. And she's she is so remarkably safe. Mm. Yet you are going to usually hold your sides the whole way through because yeah. she still has. She's she is a genius. Yeah, she'll still she, have she the is plot one shots. of the funniest mm. people 
out there. Her stand-up, even back to her early stand-up, her just the way it, her expression, her timing, everything. I'm really happy about this. Mm. I'm really, really excited about this. Well, I'll, I'll just roll on straight now into the worst news I've heard in a while. Fargo is being brought to TV. Apparently, Fox and MGM are in negotiation to bring this t- to a TV show on basic cable. For those who don't know, Fargo, Fargo is a Coen Brothers classic. And in my opinion, should be left the fuck alone. What are they thinking? A day in the life, like. Uh, well, it's I. I followed this. I didn't. I didn't bring it in as as news. Because Billy Bob Thornton already depressed enough. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton is set to star. I dig Billy Bob. I think he's. Yep. He has something. The Coens are involved. Mm. Uh, they saw the script for it. Said, look, we're not very good at giving us giving notes. Can we rewrite some of it? And they did. So they're they're involved. My, my understanding is it's not. A retelling it's not it, it just happens in the same universe yeah. in yeah. in the same town the same minnesota whatever the fuck so it's probably you know just a quirky little tv show northern exposure-esque mm. that they said hey we could do this and well, mooch, off, you, mooch I, off previous success I, but i think you hit it on the head they did it with northern exposure mm. they've done it i yeah. don't look i i am i am Horrified to be honest, I just, I just don't want them to do it. Fargo remains on my top ten mm. list as one of the best movies, and the actually the first movie that introduced me to the Coens. Mm. So as for me and, and whatnot, the, oh, the, and the, the Coens are nigh on untouchable, but apparently, apparently not. Apparently, mm. they didn't realize that. Anyway, fuck them. <laughs> As, as you know, one of the reasons for the delay obviously was a, a trip to San Diego mm-hmm. for for Comic Con, as we did last year. I think we reported last year and on we uh, made some pretty big announcements last year, and, too. and it was it was well regarded. We mm. so we uh, we went back there again. Yep, by San Diego, of course. We we mean the San Diego of Australia. Yeah, which yeah. is Tuggeranong. Tuggeranong. Yeah, we went to Comic Con in the same way that most people go to Comic Con, which is by looking at news on Twitter and. Yeah. But we were there in yep. spirit. Mm-hmm. Hopefully next year we'll be there in person. Yep. We just need to find a good sponsor. I've actually touched the hand of somebody who's been to Comic-Con twice now. So really? I'm actually closer to Comic-Con than you. Infinitely more qualified to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about right now. Excellent. Well, did you want to, did you want to lead off? No. <laughs> I'll let you take it. Well, there's two, two main threads mm-hmm. going through this. A Marvel and a DC. Yes. Because really that's the majority of what people care well, about. I, I guess what I'd like to preface, if I can, the reason I didn't really dig too deep into this is because I actually, of all the news that came out of Comic-Con, there were only really two stories that interested me. Mm. The rest just didn't. I was just, I was almost a bit, oh, really? Like, that's that's the best that's happened, you know? But anyway. so it, It's always like Comic-Con has jumped the shark. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Because there's nothing, there's nothing big to announce. No. I mean, well... Except for mm. which no one knew they were announcing, which I think makes mm. it even bigger. Not good. Take it away. Marvel. We have some phase two news. Mm-hmm. The main part of which is that 
the Avengers sequel has a title. Mm. It is officially known as Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, I'm not familiar with Ultron yeah, in the Avengers either. in the Avengers universe, but he is a super intelligent robot. Obviously the bad guy, mm-hmm. which means that the shot that we saw of Thanos at the end of Avengers was maybe a bit of a misdirect. I think he's going to be the, the Oh, third. he's going to be the dragon? He's going to be the third one. Yeah. That's what I reckon he's going to be. So he, he might be the big, the overarching bad? Yeah, the and, big, big bad. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it used, it's got something to do with Hank Pym and all that there's all that sort of business. Yeah. I know nothing But, but about. Hank Pym is not going to be in Avengers no. this, in this movie, no. so I'm not... Because he created mm. Ultron, so... Yeah, I... But. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I'm pretty excited. I mean, I know we we all know Joss is not going to jump into this lightly. He's going to give it the respect it deserves. But there's actually a little bit of an interesting thing, and I think it's probably going to go into. Though we've talked about Days of Future Past mm. before. Interesting little thing is that Marvel owns, well, Marvel owns all its characters, but it, it owns the licensing to some, which yeah. is given to Disney. And the ones that it sold off before to Sony to pull them out of debt, they can and can't use. Obviously, we've talked yeah. about that. And we're not going to go into. It. I don't know. I don't have the full list down. Basically, why well, we'll never see Spider-Man in an Avengers yes. movie. But Quicksilver has is a is a cast member in Days of Future Past, and Joss Whedon has said that he and Scarlet Witch are going to be in the new Avengers movie. Mm. And I want to know how the fuck that's happening. How does that happen? Unless Marvel had the rights to that character, didn't sell it, but yeah. so, but Sony said, "Hey, can we use?" Maybe I just don't know. Yeah, but how does that crossover work? I don't know. It's not going to be the same actor. No, I mean it's the same as that. We're now not going to see Chris Evans is not going to be the Human Torch in the the uh, Fantastic Four reboot. I had heard that he was the Knight of Banquet. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. So. I'm just, I, I know that, and it may seem like just a little, little, yeah, little, yeah, but... But it's, yeah, from, from the business point of view... How we, are they doing yeah. that? That's interesting. Yeah. And does that possibly mean that we could eventually see some sort of deal struck where we'll see Andrew Garfield in the Avengers? That would be cool. I think what was more likely is we will see Bill Murray playing Garfield <laughs> in the Avengers. <laughs> in a cameo... <laughs> And the last little bit of Marvel news is they've announced their first Phase 3 movie, mm. which we knew was coming, but we didn't know when. Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. Okay. Has been confirmed for a 2015 release. Right. So it, it will be the first of the Phase 3 movies. Yeah. That's uh, Ant-Man. Uh, oh, well, uh, Edgar, I like Edgar Wright. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does some, some great things. You can shoot Simon, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Will of be in course, it somewhere. in some regard. But right. yeah, he could be in... I uh, just uh, okay. Look, give them a chance. But yeah, I they, think if they've got a way to work, if they've got a way to make it work, that's yeah. The... I just don't. I just find the character a bit boring. Yeah. I don't. I do. But so be it. I actually don't really have too much to say about that. To be perfectly honest, I'm kind of a bit. Like I said, I was a bit underwhelmed with the exception of the big news, mm. which I'm assuming you're about you're about to roll <laughs> that's into right. because I'm peeing my pants a little bit <laughs> with excitement. All right, DC have announced. Care Bears 2. I cannot believe it. Yeah. My Little Pony's Revenge or something. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So, the Man of Steel the and, man. <laughs> and the Dark Knight, because if you're not going to do it, I will. <laughs> Zack Snyder got on, on, the, on the DC stage yep. and announced that there is a man of, C, uh, man of Steel sequel that will feature... Batman. Boom. Batman. Batman. 
I can't wait. I cannot wait. I don't give a fuck. I cannot wait. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. Has my, my concern? Has he blown his wad a little early? No. Saying this before the like, but what? I mean, the, sure, there's generating buzz, mm. but you can generate too much buzz because it's you, it'll it'll peak, and then in the two or three years till the movie comes out, will people will people still care? I think he has been fighting with the studio. Mm. I, I've got this secret little uh, yeah. conspiracy <laughs> yep. that he's been wanting it. The studio's been saying no. So he's been like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to say it at Comic-Con. Now you're locked in, bitches. Yeah, a little bit of Anchorman. Mm. A little bit of Anchorman too. Like, we're yeah. just we're just going to announce it. And yeah, then they, and then yeah. fuck, let's, let's do it. Let's write a script. So it won't be Christian Bale. No. Because Christian Bale said he won't do it again. Yep. But in news this week, in the last couple of days, they're looking at a late 30s, early 40s mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. He said he's going for the sort of the sort of vibe of Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Now, this is my little bit here. Frank Miller will be a consultant on the film. Oh, I didn't have that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it's he's not going to be... We're bringing Frank Miller in to do the, the thing, but they're going to talk about... Because they read the it, quote from The Dark Knight yes. Returns. And that's how good was that reveal? The Never forget yeah. that. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Army Hammer has come out and unequivocally said he's not interested anymore, mm-hmm. which I think is basically him saying, please pick me, please pick me, please pick me. Because yes. he's going to be in The Man from UNCLE with Henry Cavill and doesn't mm-hmm. want to appear in the same movie with him again. Yeah. Load of shit. He's gonna, if they walked up to him and said, would you like to be Batman? I think he would go, yes. Yes. I'd fucking do it. If someone, oh. You know what I mean? Like, if someone, hey, will you be Batman? Yes. Yes. You don't even get it out of you. Yeah. You know, whose cock do I have to suck in order to give it? You know, and, and then even if they gave me the Batman role after that, that'd be great too. So <laughs> I just, yeah, it would just be, I can't wait for this because mm. all Batman needs to do is a fly in, fly out cameo that will set up the third movie that will uh, set up the Justice League movie because The Flash yeah. is coming out yeah. in is it 2014 or uh, 15? 15 I 15, think and, and then, then two Justice years League, after that it'll be Justice League Justice League for 2017 yeah so well actually uh, no it's got to be it's got to be 14, 16, 18 because there's two years between I thought fi- I thought 15 yeah and then I thought Flash was going to come out and then yeah. I thought 17 was going to be Justice okay, League okay so 15, 16, 17 yeah okay so but which I'm excited because mm. the Flash is a great character. Yeah, can he um, carry a movie though? Yes, yeah. I, abs- I absolutely believe as a, as a character mm-hmm. he absolutely can. Yeah, provided they get the right villain, Mirror Man or Trickster or something along those yeah. lines, they absolutely can. Wonder Woman. I don't think she can carry a film. Yeah, but I could be wrong. Yeah, so I don't think there is a woman actress of the the, the that fits the bill in all the ways. Yeah, you need Wonder Woman to to fit the bill that could carry the movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there is. The internet talk, the fandom. Mm. I can't remember her name, but she plays the Lady Sif in Thor. Yeah, yeah. Her. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't see it. She's too small. Yeah. This because she does have to be Amazon, which is why Megan Gale oh. for so long. Yeah. And it still could, unfortunately. I just don't think she could act. No, that's and that's kind of the downside. You, yeah, you absolutely. But she would be a fantastic. A fantastic supporting role. Mm. You could have the Flash. I think introduce Wonder Woman in, um, in the Justice movie. League. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, to bring her into mm-hmm. the Justice League and see what buzz mm. the actress that they get to play her generates. Yeah. If they if she doesn't generate it, they don't think she can hold the thing on herself, then she yeah. won't. I think 
DC, I mean, the Justice League is absolutely DC's attempt to have an event. Oh, of course. There's no, there's no question that it... But I think the DC... And I've, I've, I've said this before. I make no bones about being an absolute DC fanboy. But I think the DC characters really are quite finite. I think you, you have Flash, you have Wonder Woman, you have Superman, you have Batman. And I think that's it. I mean, I, I wouldn't put Aquaman in there. Not at all, because he's kind of boring as batshit. Yeah. And Green just Lantern, hope they never make a Green Lantern movie, because that just could never Oh, uh, well, work. yeah, exactly right. I mean, Green Lantern himself are just, you know... The, pro- the, the thing with... And this is the same thing that happened with um, Marvel, which I call mutant creep, is that they constantly brought out new mutants to do various things. Well, which did, then watered down yeah. the power of who they had. Exactly. So then when you had Superman and you've got Flash... Like, the big question was, who would win a, win a race between Flash and Superman? Uh, there is no question, Flash wins. He's the fastest man alive. That's It's simple. Yet, in some stories, they need Superman to be faster than the Flash and whatnot. So those sorts of things we can be okay with. But with Marvel, and I'll talk about it a little bit with the, the Wolverine review, Marvel juice the powers as required as they go. As the story, as the yeah, story needs. And I think that DC has always stuck true to some fairly core powers. This is what this guy can do. This yeah. is... So I don't... I mean, the, the, the greatest thing of all is that... With, and to go back to the Superman-Batman thing, is that Batman is the only non-superhuman or non-superpowered member of the Justice League. Mm. And that that's who they have to be able... That's what they need to remember. I think with Nolan, they always said they needed to be able to carry the Bruce Wayne character as mm. much as they could. They don't in a Man of Steel movie. They don't in a in a Justice League movie. Yeah. They need to carry the Batman character yeah. and they need to remember that he is the most... He He's underpowered. He has no power mm. and yet Superman turns to him like Iron Man does in Captain America and says, tell me what we're doing. Mm. Like, that's that's who they have to find. Yeah. And if they can find that person... I actually think this role would be easier than, than Batman Bruce Wayne. A couple of the people whose names are being thrown about, whether there's any weight to mm. any of these names... Um, Joe Mangaliano. Yep. Your your mate LC. Yeah, yeah. Now I I think he's too big for a Batman. He is. He was he was a pretty good candidate. In fact, he was for a Superman. very strong candidate for Superman. Yeah. He's too big. I mean, six five. He's, he's two, a fucking tank. Yeah. He's two two twenty two mm. two forty. He's he's seriously big guy. Seriously, act, you know, so unbelievably hot. I mean, unbelievably big guy, who. Yeah, absolutely could pull off a, a Superman, hmm. but no. Yeah. Superman has to be taller than Batman. Batman's 5'11 and about 190. Yeah. That's what... Yeah, so it's not a decently built average guy. Yeah, absolutely. Where no. Joe Mangaliano is... He's a superhuman. Yeah, let's absolutely. be Let's be completely blunt yeah. about it. He's a fucking... Well, the same the guy he, they've got... You know, he might as well get the fucking rock. Exactly. You know, exactly. And they shouldn't. And that's like that uh, Daniel Cudmore who's playing... Coldmore Cudmore who's playing Colossus in... Mm. In uh, the new X Men movie, he's six foot eight, big guy. Big on the, the problem is, is that there's occasionally you see scenes with him standing next to Wolverine, and Hugh Jackman's six two, six three. Mm. Like, so there's like, oh no, they should be like fucking tiny. They should do mm. some, some forced perspective there. But anyway, but so then I want to see him next to Peter Dinklage because that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I, yeah. I'm excited by this. It, it does this. open the door for mm. good friend of the show, the Podfather. Kevin Smith, mm. he has always liked the idea of John Hamm as Batman. I think that could work. And if they're doing the forties, like the early, mm. late thirties, early forties, he could. He's you know he's got the chiselled Bruce Wayne jaw. But if you're gonna do, if you, this is your problem with the, they did this with Judge Dredd, 
if you're going to put someone big, they got to take off the mask. Mm. And why do we need to spend any time in the Bruce Wayne world in a Batman movie? Uh, well, sorry, in, a, in, a, in a Justice League Justice movie. League movie. Let's have a little bit, in which case, yeah, fantastic. Let's have John Hamm in there. But when his face is going to be covered, 90% of the time... It doesn't really matter who it is, yeah. Yeah, they've just got to be able to put off the physicality and... Mm. and be Hopefully a better fucking voice. Yeah, I don't... I, don't learn something about this. Christopher Nolan overdubbed Christian Bale's voice. So Christian Bale did that uh, a bit, and then Christopher Nolan overdubbed it so that it would be even deeper and gravelier and all mm. that sort of bullshit. So I blame Christopher Nolan for that shit. Who are we blaming for Bane's voice? Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> it begins and ends with Tom Hardy. You know, like that was just such a dumb, dumb voice. I would have preferred a Spanish voice. I would have preferred them to get some. You know. Anyway, enough about that. As much as I love that movie, it does have its faults. Not as many as The Dark Knight, but sure. <laughs> jump on and have a look at the Marvel uh, panel at Comic Con with, oh, with Tom, Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston oh. that was fantastic is, is there a cooler guy currently in the world other than RDJ no no um, well maybe so that, is, is, is Hiddleston the new the, the, the new charisma machine I, of Marvel I don't know but I'm I don't know. The the way RDJ rocked Hall H that time by walking in and like a rock star. Yeah. yeah that's that was the way it's yeah. done. Muley but it was Quim. Muley Quim, yeah. How he can get away. How I I've I got think, think Americans don't know what that word means. Well now they do. Hmm. And I think that somewhere along the line the studio has probably gonna get a hold of Joss Whedon and say, You did it once, understand that we are gonna go fine tooth comb through <laughs> your shit next. You know, and I think Joss is up to challenge of getting something through. Oh, yeah. They won't, they won't notice. So I'm pretty. I'm if, in case you can't tell, I'm very excited by the Batman Superman movie. Yes. I think this is going to be. I think this is the sequel that we deserve, <laughs> um, <laughs> not the sequel that we got. Yeah, and I, I genuinely think if they stay away from the Christian Nolan, Christopher Nolan mm. universe completely. Look, let's face it. Nolan could. The, he's he's a part of it in a producing role. Mm. Uh, never say never. Yeah. Christian Bale could very well turn around and go, they'll go, Chris, no, I'm doing, like, this is this is the best reason that we can come up with for you to put the cowl back mm. on. Will you do it? And yeah. he'll look at it, he'll read it, and he'll go, yeah, of course yeah. he will. If he commits to that, then he commits to Justice League. It may, well, maybe. But this is the other thing that Snyder said. Mm. He said that Batman will be in the next Superman film. It might be in a fucking stinger at the end. Maybe, I think he'd be crucified. But it's I, not. It's not. They're not saying that it's them teaming up. He's saying that he'll be in it. I think it's implied that he's going to be a big part of it. But then, look, I think, I, I mean, by reading that particular quote, yes. and I'm going to get it wrong, but it's basically saying, "Don't ever forget this day I beat you, mm. Clark, or whatever along these lines." I think that could be. I think that's the clue. I think yeah. there's something in that. I think there's going to be an antagonistic relationship because there always has been between Superman and Batman. Superman has never agreed with Batman's methodology and whatnot. I think there's, I think there's something there. But I'd... if they're going to do it, that's the angle they've got to take. Absolutely, absolutely. Because Batman has figured out with all of them. I mean, there's that great the Tower of Babel. He basically oh. has a dossier on how to beat them all. Beat them all. And then, of course, unfortunately, they... that gets out. You know, Justice League's under attack by me, which is one of the best lines uttered in a DC Universe mm. movie. So that's that's what we want. Yeah. That's what we need. Reviews. Emmys. Emmys first. Excellent. 
For me, the biggest story of the Emmys this year is the nine nominations for House of Cards. Now, we, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. mostly when we're talking about Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. House of Cards is a Netflix original series. Mm. And for it to be... No, it's it's a remake of a British, but it's it's been it's made by. I understand you now. Sorry about that. So yeah, so not not Netflix original in that no. way, but it's it's been produced by Netflix, mm. who is not a network. They're a they're a distribution medium, and I think this is starting the, I guess what I'm calling you know very wanky way, the second revolution mm. in television, in the same way that. HBO and The Sopranos redefined television once yep. and made cable a defi- the defining storytelling medium on television. I think there's now a real chance that these, you know, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, these people that are making products for them. Or they're generating content. Generating right, content. Yeah. Xbox is generating content. Steven mm. Spielberg is making a Halo series that will be released on Xbox One. Mm. Again, it's just a a shift in the way that we've always thought about things, and a shift I think for it's the for the, yeah, I, I think it's for the absolutely good. yeah. Look, that's I think that's worth mentioning, given that Netflix or who they are and what they are, and that's actually why I left when I was putting them down. I left who was doing what mm. on there because I think that's that's pretty important. Hundred and eight nominations for HBO. Oh, in total, I know sixteen went to Game of Thrones. Yeah, which is extraordinary. Yeah, but hundred eight in total, eh? Wow. Yeah. So they must be nominated in every single category. HBO. Yeah. In, in I, I would assume they probably would be. Uh, yeah. So we'll, well, we chop and change the Emmys a bit so that because we got rid of the ones that we don't fucking listen to like yeah. like reality show. And let's yeah. face it, Amazing Race is going to win that yeah. again, and that's fine because I like that one. But uh, these these are probably the categories that that I I thought that we would yeah. both be interested in. Yeah. We, we'll start with the one that always ends the night, which is outstanding comedy series. We've got Big Bang Theory, Girls. Louis, Modern Family, 30 Rock, and Veep. Who is your... I think Louis is yeah. going to get it. Uh, he got it last year. Did he get it last year or was no, it the Golden Globe? Modern Family got it last yeah. year. I, I think the shine has gone off Modern Family. I don't think it can, can hold it up for a couple more years. I've, I've picked Louis because having finally gotten into it, I've just mm. completely fallen in love with it. The only, I think, the the outsider, the one that's got a chance, is a congratulatory Thirty Rock. Look, that's that was it. I've actually, I have tipped Modern Family again, though, because I don't believe that the show has gone off it. I do think it has steadily just become the show to watch. It mm-hmm. was, it's, it's, it's still clever. It's still warm. It's still all those things. But my heart, where my heart goes, which as much as I love Louis, is I want Veep. Mm. I want Veep to take it out because I absolutely in love with everything about that show. I love its handbag, I love its shoes, <laughs> I love everything about it. Everything. I have, and I think the second season just blew the first season away and that was saying something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've tipped Modern Family, but I might, like I said, really want my heart. To, he- he- head says Modern Family, heart yeah. says Veep. Yeah. So, but I'm sticking with Modern Family. Yeah. Next one off the rank, Outstanding Drama Series. We've got Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, Homeland, House of Cards, and Mad Men. Woody? Um, I've gone with the favourite, Game of Thrones. I think it's worthy. I think it deserves it. But this, for the first time in a while, was was a pretty tough pick for me. I mean, you could Homeland could get it again. House of Cards could be the, the, the sweetheart, the favourite. Breaking Bad, is it going to be their swan song Emmy? Like... 
Downton Abbey is, while I know you're not a fan, uh, is is an excellent, excellent show. But I think Game of Thrones is going to take it. I think actually, what I really think, and I'm going to talk about it with one of the other ones, is I think there's going to, something's going to happen at the Emmys. Game of Thrones is going to sweep the living shit out of the place, and everyone's going to be sick of the word Game of Thrones by the end of the night, or it's going to win nothing. Mm. And it's kind of going to be a bit, yeah, you know how Zero Dark Thirty was snubbed, you know, yeah. sort of thing. It's going to be a bit, yeah. Anyway. I've picked House of Cards. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, yeah. so I'm picking it sight unseen. Just based on everything, all the good press, on people that I know, some people that have seen it think it's amazing. Yeah. I think House of Cards is the one to beat. I did make a note here that Homeland's second season didn't live up to the promise of season one. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, yeah, I as, think... as, as as I wish I'd predicted that. Oh wait, <laughs> uh, I still think it's pretty good. Fucking. Oh, it's, it though. still is. It still is. But I think it lost some of the edge. I'm going with House of Cards. Breaking Bad has another ser- has another crack next year. Oh, does it? Because it's it's final episodes of the last season haven't started filming it. They're like starting any day. Oh, so they're doing a Breaking the Last episode. Yeah, they're doing it. They're Sopranoing the last oh, season. Oh right, I didn't know that. Okay, well then, yeah, I think the Swan Song next year. I don't think 30 Rock's going to get a look in in that regard now that I think about it. Outstanding lead actor in a drama. So we've got Brian Cranston, Breaking Bad, Hugh Bonneville in Downton Abbey, Damien Lewis, Homeland, Kevin Spacey, House of Cards, John Hame, uh, Madman, and Jeff Daniels, The Newsroom. You've got Kevin Spacey in this field. Why are we? Talk- why are we? Why are we even discussing it? Moving right along because we both picked him. Um, Outstanding lead actress in a drama. Yeah, Kevin Spacey's not. Kevin, <laughs> Vera Farmiga, Bates Motel, Michelle Dockery, Downton Abbey, Claire Danes in Homeland, Robin Wright, House of Cards, Elizabeth Moss, Mad Men, Connie Britton, Nashville, Kerry Washington, Scandal. I'm going with Claire Danes again. I think that her, her character arc in the second season of Homeland was interesting, mm-hmm. and I simply just don't think that there's going to be a, there's 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 Claire Danes, and then there's about three steps down, and then the rest of them. That's yep. how I've always I've always viewed her as an actress in that of that quality. I think yep. she's got it there. So I tip this one. While I think her crazy was amazing, she did a very good job. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't seen most of these shows. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm going with Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey. Okay. Don't really know why. I mean, she's kind of cute. That helps. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, and, I don't think the love's going to be there for Homeland, mm-hmm. and I think Claire Danes is going to suffer because of it. Okay, okay. And obviously, both of our sentimental hope is that Connie Britton gets. Oh, up and gets of course, because that's who we really want. Yeah, to yeah. Win, but that's fine. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy: Jason Bateman, Arrested Development, Jim Parsons, The Jim Parsons Show. Oh, sorry, The Big Bang Theory, <laughs> Matt LeBlanc, Episodes, Don Cheadle, House of Lies. Louis C.K. in Louis, Alec Baldwin uh, in 30 Rock. I can't believe Matt LeBlanc is actually fucking nominated, but... Have you watched episodes? No. You are, are is it actually... It is actually quite... Took me a little while, yeah. and then I got hooked. Because yeah. he plays such a fucking jerk-off version yeah. of himself that you're almost going, this, this could almost be true. <laughs> It's such a cle- and it's such a clever premise because mm. the whole way through they're like going fucking Matt LeBlanc like what mm. the fuck really great stuff yeah, yeah it's really worth watching yeah. Hart wants Louis yeah I'm thinking it's the uh, the finale it's the Jack Donaghy show oh uh, okay so uh, Alec Baldwin for well, me well because because the, the Academy loves Alec Baldwin for reasons unknown look I'm I'm really going to go with the girl I, I brought to the dance so I'm going to say Jason Bateman hmm? so I'm, I just I think he deserves it 
I think yeah. he, I think it deserves it. And whilst I do think that the Arrested Development is not as good as I'd hoped, I think it's uh, it's worth. I think he's going to get it. I think Jim Parsons is as clever as he is in the Sheldon Cooper show. It, it's a one trick pony. It is, and we've we've seen it. I mean, yeah. we know it's up to season seven now. Yeah. Who would have yeah. thought? Chuck Lorre, obviously. Yeah. How is it that the guy that makes this also makes Two and a Half Men? I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy. Laura Dern, Enlightened. Lena Dunham in Girls. Edie Falco, Nurse Jackie. Amy Poehler, Parks and Recreation. Tina Fey, 30 Rock. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Veep. Woody? I've got Amy Poehler because I just have a love for Parks and Recreation and it keeps getting nominated and it keeps getting overlooked and it fucking shouldn't. It's a great, great show. Obviously, I do want Julie Lua Dreyfus to win, but mm. they've they've kind of had it. The, my problem is, is I think Lena Dunham's going to take it. Mm. Fuck knows why this that show yeah. is an abortion. I've never watched it. I'm not going to make a judgment on the show until I have, mm. which is unusual for me. <laughs> no. let, let's be, let's be let's be realistic. <laughs> Who are you, and what have you done with me? <laughs> I think she'll get it. I think Lena Dunham yeah. will get it. She but shouldn't. I want more than anything for Julie Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think. I love it. I mean, she's had it a couple of times with the New Adventures of Christine. She got one for Seinfeld yeah. as well, and and whatnot. And, and I love Veep. I really do. But I just, I, I guess it's it's a um, it's more, I've gone with a sentimental hope on yes. this one because I just love Amy Poehler and Parks and Rec. I think yeah. she's fantastic. So we've got an outstanding miniseries: American Horror Story, Asylum, uh, Behind the Candelabra, The Bible, Phil Spector, Political Animals, Top of the Lake. I'm a little bit offended that the Bible oh. <laughs> was on the History Channel. Yeah, yeah, it should be on the Fiction Channel. Just, no, I'm not going to say anything more. I just... Oh, allow me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just chime right in. Yeah. I don't know what the reaction in Hollywood to Behind the Candelabra is going to be. Mm. I think it's either going to be everything... Or it's going to be nothing. I think it's going to be Game of Thrones. That's I think it's exactly going to be... what I was getting. That was the next yeah. bit I said when I was saying about Game of Thrones. So I've gone with American Horror Story mm-hmm. for this, but it could be it could be Liberace's night. Yeah, I've 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 tipped behind the candelabra. I think people will reward the fact that HBO was so brave in putting this one up. I think they will. Outstanding lead actor in a mini series or movie: Behind the Candelabra, Michael Douglas. Behind the Candelabra, Matt Damon. The Girl, Toby Jones. Parade's End, Benedict Cumberbatch, Phil Spector, Al Pacino. Uh, well, I'm going to go with Michael Douglas on this mm-hmm. one. I think he's he took a brave a brave choice, getting mm-hmm. fucking railed by Matt Damon in, a, in on primetime cable television. I've watched snippets of Behind the Candelabra, and I enjoyed what I saw. I just haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to sit down and watch it all yet, so I'm going to tip it. I'm going to give him that. Yeah, I th- I don't think Uar Al is going to take it out. No. I, yeah, I've seen none of these these shows. While I'd love Benedict Cumberbatch to get it, smart money would be on on throat cancer. Yeah, but I actually I'm gonna I've picked Damon. Okay, I've picked uh, Matt Damon to to take this home. Okay, so yeah, so, uh, okay. I think I think just in a coin flip, I think it could be regarded as a coin flip. But I actually think you had to put your money on Michael Douglas. Yeah, because oh, he's, smart he's money is out. on. Yeah. He's, he's on his way out. Damon's got a few more years to win, and I think Damon's going to win a couple of more awards shortly. Mm. I think he's just he's really about to to, to, to fucking smash a few things yeah. out of the, the park. Outstanding lead actress in a miniseries or movie, 
Jessica Lange, An American Horror Story, Laura Linney, The Big C, Helen Mirren in Phil Spector, Sigourney Weaver, Political Animals, Elizabeth Moss, Top of the Lake. Margaret. I think Jessica Lange. Yeah. She's... Her, her work in American Horror Story is just is just astounding. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. She is easily the most frightening fucking thing on yeah. that show, even when she's not supposed to be. She's yeah. fucking frightening. Good to see the dame yeah. up there, but no, this is this is the Jessica Lange show. Yeah. I think yeah, I think so. I think so. Supporting actor in a drama. Bobby Cannavale in Boardwalk Empire. Jonathan Banks, Breaking Bad. Aaron Paul, Breaking Bad. Jim Carter, Downton Abbey, Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones, Mandy Patinkin, Homeland. <laughs> Peter Dinklage, of course, and deservedly so, but in really good company there. I think Mandy Patinkin is pretty awesome, but I think he's just going to, I think Peter Dinklage is going to take it again. Yeah. He, he just never stops surprising in that show. No. I love the dink. Yeah. You, you know that I do. I love the dink. I think, similar to what you mentioned about Marvel diluting their mutants. Mm. There's so much being added in to Game of Thrones. I'm, I do worry that his Tyrion has been overshadowed a little bit. Okay. I want him to win. I'll be happy if he does. Mm. But I've gone with Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. As much as I wasn't in love with Homeland this season, he was consistently he, fantastic he throughout. Is. He's a nigga Matoya for Christ's sake. Yeah. He's absolutely consistent all the way so, through. So, yeah, he's, he's my pick there. Yeah. Outstanding supporting actress in a drama. Anna Gunn, Breaking Bad. Maggie Smith, Dame Maggie Smith. Downton Abbey. Amelia Clark, Game of Thrones. Christine Baranski, The Good Wife. Morena Bakaran, Homeland. And Christina Hendricks, Mad Men. This is one of the hardest... Yeah. Categories to pick because of your cock. <laughs> yeah, I mean Christine Baranski. Oh my oh. god, or Maggie Smith. <laughs> no, I love me some Dame action. Um, surprised that Amelia Clark was up there. Oh well, out, out of out of all the out of all the people in Game of Thrones, where's, where was Michelle Farley? Yeah, as in yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. For those who don't know, that played Rob yeah. Stark's mother, Caitlin um, Stark. Where was her? Lena Headey. Yeah, I mean. Yes, yeah. yes, Michelle Farley, but Lena Headey for me. Fuck, we're going to be honest. If I'm voting with my, if I'm voting with my dick, then I want Roz up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love <laughs> likes me some Roz, and you know she can take a punch, so that's always good. <laughs> uh, I've gone with Christina Hendricks. Yeah, here for the first couple of seasons of Mad Men, she was largely the eye candy and an exposition machine, but the last two seasons she's been really getting well-written script. She's, the character is becoming more and more important to the story. Yeah. And she's got the most fantastic set out of all of these women. Mm. Yeah. Stunning knocks. Stunning let's, knocks. Yeah. Let's, um, let's talk no, about the elephant in the room. That's yeah. a magnificent boot. Um, I'm not voting with my dick. I think she did great work. Yeah. I think she deserves it. I think if I was voting with my knob, it'd be Marena Bakarin mm -hmm. because I have loved her since Serenity, since Firefly. I've loved, I just, mm. I'm utterly in love with her. But I'm going with I'm going with the Game of Thrones a clean sweep. I, as I said, this, this is the horse I'm riding in on. This is the girl I brought to the dance, and I'm taking Amelia Clark 
as the Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm taking her as the clean sweep through. Outstanding supporting actor in a comedy. Adam Driver in Girls, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Modern Family, Ed O'Neill, Modern Family, Ty Burrell, Modern Family, Bill Hader, Saturday Night Live, Tony Hale in Veep. Emotionally, I want Tony Hale, but I'd actually like to see Jesse Tyler Ferguson get a get a look in this time around. It's such because he hasn't done any big W ads. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Stone. I think this is the first time Stone Street hasn't been nominated. Ty Burrell's got one. Ed O'Neill's got one. And I know this is not how you're supposed to award awards, but I, that's why I'm not actually put in charge of, of awarding Sarah. <laughs> like, ah, I give you one. And I'm, yet somehow I'm really against participation medals, so <laughs> go figure that. But I think, look, Jesse Tyler Ferguson does some, some important stuff. It's the year of the gay, and he is gay, obviously. He's, mm. he's, he's legit gay. He doesn't just play gay, so... Not just gay for pay. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going, it's the year of the gay. Behind the candelabra, yeah. Jesse Tyler Ferguson. That's all I've got to base um, it on. If someone from Modern Family has to get it, I want it to be him. Yep. Love Al Bundy, but he's the one thing on that show that I really like. Oh, really? Uh, Ty, uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson? Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, okay. But I've gone Tony Hale for Veep. Yeah, I, I hope he gets it. I hope he gets it. I'd be really glad to be wrong on that one. But that's the only two. Yeah. They're the only two I want. <laughs> Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy. Uh, Mayan Bialik, The Big Bang Theory, Jane Lynch, Glee, Sophie Vergara, Modern Family, Julie Bowen, Modern Family, Merritt Weaver, Nurse Jackie, Jane Krakowski, 30 Rock, Anna Chomsky, Veep. This is another tough... Chomsky. Yeah, this is another tough, tough mm. category. I would love the one-two Veep. Yeah, with uh, Anna Anna Chomsky. Yeah, but I'm taking a darkie on this one, and I'm not talking about Sofia Vergara. Um, Harsh. <laughs> oh, she's Colombian. Yeah, Merritt Weaver, Nurse Jackie. Okay. And well, she plays such a lovable character. We all love Zoe yeah. and Nurse Jackie. We really do. Look, I've gone uh, Maya Bialik. I think I think the uh, her Amy character has really she has done in that show what the Leonard no the Sheldon Cooper has done was was not necessarily going to be the standout yeah. but has risen of of the supporting cast yeah. has risen up to be an interesting person nonetheless and yeah. I think I think she's going to do it I think she's going to take it but yeah I, I'd love a good love a good V one too but I just I don't like it it's odd the Amy's I just don't I don't like the Amy character in Veep yeah, I just, I mean, I, I like her and I think she's fine, but I don't think she, I don't think she's nominated. I don't think she's award worthy. Okay. And if I was voting with my knob, it'd be Julie Bowen. So, Not Sophia. No, I, I find it. She's all right to look at, but I've, I'm a big Julie Bowen boy. Okay. Way back from Boston Legal, she knows it too. Keep sending her letters. She has to know it by now. Outstanding supporting actor in a mini series or movie: James Cromwell, American Horror Story: Asylum. Zachary Quinto, American Horror Story Asylum. Scott Bakula, Behind the Candelabra. John Benjamin Hickey, The Big C. Peter Mullen, Top of the Lake. Well, I've gone with the candle Behind the Candelabra cream sweep. Everyone that's nominated in, I think, is going to take it away. Mm-hmm. So I think Scott Bakula. Yep. He's going to make a quantum leap here. I, I've, I've gone with Scott Bakula as well. Worst joke ever. Mostly because I really miss Quantum Leap. <laughs> I fucking love that show. I'll be... oh, 
I, I, yeah, I did. And then I tried to watch it again recently. Like, and it's not good? Well, I, I think I've watched them out of order. And yeah. I know that order seems to be sort of important. I know towards the, the end yeah. it did. But... So, I don't know. I got a bit stupid. What are you going to do? Outstanding supporting actress in a miniseries or movie, Sarah Paulson. Her name is Sarah Paulson in American Horror Story. <laughs> Imelda Staunton, the girl. Ellen Burstyn, Political Animals. Charlotte Rampling, Restless. Alfre Woodard, Steel Magnolias. I've gone with Charlotte Rampling. Okay. For no particular reason, but I think she's the kind of person that would win this category. Okay. I've gone with Sarah Paulson, mm. just because of the strength of American Horror Story. As yeah. And this is, the, this is the one. Outstanding Variety Series. Mm. The Colbert Report, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, Real Time with Bill Maher, Saturday Night Live, A Couple of Pricks Live. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. Look, as far as I'm concerned, fuck Saturday Night Live off this thing because it, it is really, it is the dog. It is the turd in the punch bowl of outstanding variety. My heart is going to go with Real Time with Bill Maher simply because I just love that show. I am interested... If John Stewart is going to take it out again, despite the fact that, or in spite of the fact that he hasn't been there for a couple of months or, or so, now John Oliver is doing a spectacular job. I know you love the Colbert Report, and quite rightly so. It's a fantastic show. It just doesn't, it just doesn't get it for me. But Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon, I think these poor bastards are putting a variety show on in just the wrong period of time. Mm. So, but I've my heart's gone with real time with Bill Maher. But obviously, I think Daily Show's going to take yeah. it. I had hoped that after 10 in a row, John Stewart would Candace Bergen this shit. Isn't it 14 in a row? Is it even more than that? I, thought I, was... think, it's, I think it's 14 in a row. Oh. Look, while you're there. After some, it, it is a ridiculous streak. Yeah, he's got a Candace Bergen it. He, I, I think we have been more than blessed. We have been beyond blessed. Let's let someone else take a swing. If that were to happen, I think the Colbert Report would be the, the likely successor. Yeah. I've gone with Daily Show just because it's as close as a lock as we're going to get. Yeah. No, hang on. So it's it, it's been winning since... So 2001 it won. 2003, 4, 5, 6, 9, 11, 12. Okay, so it hasn't won it in a row. It's just no. maybe just won it 10 times. And then it's uh, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It's... Yeah, okay. It's ridic- I, I, th- I thought it was 14, but it is, it is yeah. ridiculous. Even John Stewart said in his last acceptance speech, he said, this, is, this goes to show how much bullshit these awards really are. Mm. Um, then proceeded to go on and say, you know, thank the other people, mm. and, and specifically said to Bill Maher, you know, thank you for, for writing the jokes that I wish I was telling every night. Mm. I mean, there is something about... It's interesting, because I wouldn't have thought Bill Maher deserves to be in that category. I think he deserves to be in a more... But there is no A more serious for, category? It is, because he has some really intelligent debate on mm. there. And sometimes he has some bullshit, don't get me yeah. wrong. But there is, you know, as, as funny as The Daily Show is, as funny as The Colbert Report is, Colbert, for me, wins it every single time he interviews somebody. Mm. The rest of the stuff, nah, but as soon as he starts interviewing somebody, I think he just shines. The, just the satire. He's, his his the, head the, and shoulders above anybody on TV right now who is interviewing people. Mm. He's phenomenally good. You saw the, him interviewing Bill Clinton. Mm. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> just, he's spectacular. He's yeah. just really good. 
All right. So, so that's our Emmys, Emmys, our Emmys yeah. nominations. They're yeah. in September, I think, about the middle yeah. of September. By all I means, think. tweet us your predictions. Yeah, or, tell us, or, tell us who or you Facebook them or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Hosted by the inimitable uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, he's, he's got he got the guns. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be good because this I think this will be his stepping stone before the Oscars. Because he's he's got to be there. He's, mm. you know, I'm a raging theater queen. Did yeah. you did you watch the Tonys? Yes. Even just the opening. Yes. Yes. It was spectacular. <laughs> and and he is just effortlessly charming. Mm. I think so, he'll do it. I think. I think I this just, is a good step for him. I hope though, when he does get the Oscars gig, and he will, that he doesn't shit in his own bag. I think. Mm. I think he needs to go. I've got the Oscars. I've got to be a little more serious now. Yeah, but and yes, and also, don't don't try and outdo himself. Don't try mm. and go, fuck you. You should have picked me years ago. Mm. He should just come out and go. This is why you picked me. Yeah, and give a little bit of that razzle dazzle. Yeah, and I actually don't like him that much. But you cannot deny the guy's talent. Yeah. He's he's unbelievably talented. Who would have thought Doogie Howser? Huh. Anyway, what are you gonna do? Um, reviews. Review time. Finally. <laughs> Director James Mangold, starring Hugh Jackman, Hiroyuki Sanada, Tao Okamoto, Rita Fukushima, Famke Janssen, Will Yun Lee, Svetlana Kodchenkova, and Ken Yamamura. The film opens in 1945 near Nagasaki, with Wolverine, Jackman, for reasons unknown, being held captive. When the bombers arrive with Fat Man, which is to end World War II, Wolverine shields a young Japanese officer, Yoshida Yamamura, from the nuclear blast and the fallout. I won't lie, I actually found this scene in a little bit of poor taste. Jump to present day, which is set after the events of X-Men The Last Stand, with Logan being tormented by visions of Jean Grey, Famke Janssen. It is clear that Logan has attempted to drop off the face of the Earth, somewhere in the Yukon, Canada. Here he is tracked down by Yukio Fukushima, who brings Logan to Japan, where he is reunited with Yashida Yamanuchi, who is now the head of a technological zaibatsu, and offering a rare gift. Thrown into this mix, we have Yoshida's son, Shingen, played by the inevitable dependable Sonata, and his daughter, and Yashida's granddaughter, Mariko, played by the very lovely Okamoto, and the mysterious Dr. Green, Kodchenkova. Logan is quickly embroiled in a mix of love triangles, nefarious plots, and a little bit of navel-gazing. This is the sixth time Jackman has brought Wolverine to the screen. Considering the apprehension that Brian Singer had with him for the first X-Men movie, this is not a bad effort. Jackman completely owns this role and moves from shirtless set-piece to shirtless set-piece. We get it, Hugh. You're 44 and in the greatest shape of your life. The much-maligned X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and X-Men 3 The Last Stand did not get our juices flowing for this piece, so it's got some pretty big shoes to fill, if you will. But I think it manages it, but only just. The exaggerated navel-gazing and the somewhat lacklustre fight sequence slow the pace more than somewhat, and the addition of Viper seems like a complete waste. 
Further, it pretty much runs the gamut of every Japanese cliché that there is, and I think it borders on parody, which is still a little bit offensive. In fact, the more I think about this film, the less it appeals. There is a lot of potential here, a lot of unexplored potential, and as usual, the filmmakers tried to jam-pack as much into this film as they can. Also, I was kind of bored, and the rather unsatisfying finale, I was ultimately let down. There are a couple of considerably glaring potholes in this film and some interesting interpretation of Wolverine's powers, but on the whole, it's an improvement on Origins, but not that much. Naturally, there is a mid-credits scene here which will do nothing if not wet your vagina for X-Men's first class sequel, Days of Future Past. Two and a half stars. David. The, the difficulty with a Wolverine movie is kind of the same as the difficulty with a Superman movie. How do you get a real threat? How do you get danger in a character who is essentially immortal? That's kind of why I think a Wolverine movie is kind of always always doomed to a certain extent because he's the Wolverine. He has amazing regenerative powers. He has an adamantium skeleton. In this film, even when he's he's had those powers taken away from him... Hmm. He still just soaks up bullets. Like he's running down the, the the street of Tokyo, getting shot at, getting hit, and kind of just shrugging it off. Mm. Which, which, yeah, and that's pretty much exactly what I meant by some interesting interpretations mm. of his powers. I mean, I know later they sort of intimate, but without outright saying it, they intimate that his powers were suppressed and not completely taken away, but mm. still, you're 100% right. Gunshot wounds put people down for months and yeah. months. A single gunshot wound... Well, a single gunshot wound can kill you, but they put you down but for months. you're wearing... A, if, even if you're wearing... You've seen, we've all seen enough cop movies. Someone wearing a vest mm. gets hit by a gunshot and knocks you on your ass. Yes, yeah, they go down. So this movie had so much potential, mm. but when you think, think... When I think about it, how could it possibly ever live up to it because of that, the Superman paradox. It was it was a fun movie. There was some some fun parts in it. Why did there need to be a romantic subplot with with Mariko? They had well, that that is from the comics though. But they had nothing. There was nothing there. It's like oh, no. I saved you. I guess we should fuck now. Yeah, granted, absolutely. It was the, the highlight of this film for me was Yukio. Yukio, yeah. She was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Her scenes with with Jackman were fantastic. And there wasn't the need to... I was going to sound like a feminist. There wasn't the need to make it a man-woman thing. Mm-hmm. They were just two people doing their thing, yeah. getting on with it. There was a respect there. Their dynamic was great and was really the, the one great thing about the movie. Third act was just silly. Mm-hmm. The... As soon as you saw the the plans on the ground, you, well, you knew the old man was not going to. Mm. Spoilers, you knew the old man was not going to be dead. Yeah, and it never yeah. it never really addressed the issue as to why he chose his granddaughter. That's what I mean. Was it? I initially thought maybe he was going to be transferred into her body or something along those lines. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I just I just don't get it. It was, it was a decent movie, and I I I, I hate this phrase, even though we we all agree to it. This film probably would have worked pre-Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Post-Dark Knight. Even post-First Class. Yes. It's just It just doesn't have enough to hold up 
as a as a movie. And there's a, a phrase that I heard the other day or read the other day: superhero fatigue. Mm-hmm. For a superhero movie to work, it's got to work as a movie first. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a movie with superheroes, mm-hmm. not a superhero movie. That's it. I think, and I think that's the that's the difference. We did talk last episode about a, a guest review, mm-hmm. a stunt cop. Yeah. Sadly, that didn't happen yes. because of timing. But we have been sent the review from. Okay. I thought this film was brilliant. Five stars. I love my wife. I'm not gay. Right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, thanks, H. Jack. <laughs> if that is your, if that is in fact your 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 real name, but yeah, two stars. Yeah. For this, it was fun, but it was just. I think there were too many flaws to. to Viper was pointless. Absolutely, she was absolutely pointless. And what I what there was no there were so many things in this movie that just seemed to be there. Because it's like, oh, let's hear that. The one thing I did like that actually a lot of people, like the reviews that I've heard and the reviews that I've read, didn't like. I liked the Famke Jensen. Yeah, so I thought that was the only thing that humanized Wolverine in mm-hmm. this film. Yeah, otherwise it was just you know. I think the thing is, is that when Wolverine goes to Japan, it was Frank Miller basically who did it. When Wolverine goes to Japan, he finally finds peace. And the reason he finds peace is he finds it in the, the, the code of the Bushdo and he finds it in the, the spirit of the samurai and he finds it because he gets to fuck up the hand, the big, the, which is not, which I thought was originally the Black Ninja Clan. I thought, okay, that's just their version of the hand. But the hand which, which killed Electra, the, the, they're the super bad. And he falls in love with Mariko and he is given the, the sword and, and whatnot and he, I, I hated what they did with the Silver Samurai. I hated that because that is such a cool character. It just, it could have been a case of, we could have spent a lot of navel gazing there of that movie, not in the let's just stare wistfully at the and the non too blatant you know nuclear war. Look what we did to the Japanese. I mean that is abhorrent what happened. Mm. And I did think it was kind of in bit of bad taste, like the, yeah. the especially the hearing the screams like when the, at the initial nuclear blast. Yeah, and you, you could you could have he could have saved. The grandfather, I can't recall his yeah, name. Sure. Yeah, He could have saved him. He could have still been in the war. Yep. Could have saved him in a million different ways. Yeah. Didn't have to be the bomb. No. And, yeah, let's face it, it. It just could have been a case of Wolverine. Wolverine should have found himself in Japan, learning the way of the samurai, trying to get over the whole, I just killed my the only mm. woman I ever loved. We could have had this new byplay with the, the, the daughter we could have had this whole other stuff going on in the background and really focused on that, and I think they missed it. Instead, they mm. did some fairly ham-fisted friggin' attempts at it. The, the, the bullshit with the cutting the log down and all that stuff mm. in the tree, just another reason for him to take his shirt off. I just... Yeah. And there, there was a lot of... A lot of it, Jackman. yeah. And I don't... I, I mean, I get it, because you want you want to sell, and, and, and look, let's face it, the guy who works his it, ass it, off to look that good. But it was a little gratuitous. It was. It, went I it was a lot gratuitous. And I've got to be honest, I'm one of the... I From a, from a back, background of staunch and unblemished heterosexuality, I love to watch Hugh Jackman without a shirt on. Well, unblemished, maybe. Uh, so, sorry, so staunch, staunch and unblemished. Anyway. This, uh, I, mean, I look, don't think it means. What do you think it means? <laughs> look, him and Matthew McConaughey should run around naked all the time. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it, it served no purpose. Yeah. It was just yet another scene for us to get Hugh Jackman with his shirt off. Yeah. The best thing about this movie was the mid-credit scene. Yeah. Which that was and when that's the highlight of your film, yeah. there's something wrong. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. A, a valiant attempt. Yeah. I think it really missed the mark. I think it went in in, uh, in a 
in a bit of a juvenile direction. If mm. I, I don't want to say, I don't want to sound like an old man, but it's kids that love this film. Yeah, but I think that's not who they should be who, and who they should be targeting because it's so bloodless. Because it has to be, mm. otherwise, it's it's you know you have to have like a Wolverine Max comic, for example, mm. has has what Wolverine should be, where he's you know twelve foot, no, not twelve foot, twelve inch pieces of steel cut people apart. You know, it's. Yeah. The only time they were allowed to do it properly is when they did it in um, uh, Last Stand, where he hit a mutant and he chopped a mutant's arm off. Well, and the mutant immediately grew his arm back mm. again, and so that was the that was the only time they were allowed to really show Wolverine's powers. So, yeah, a so. disappointing thing, a disappointing turn on a movie that should not have been so fucking disappointing. But anyway, we're, we're 25. A, and, we're, and we're about to have a little hiatus. We are, we mm. are. Life intrudes, so we're very glad we can get this one out yeah. as we can. There's the chance we might be able to sneak one in sometime in August, but... For now you see me or something along those lines? Yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do in August, but it might, be a, it might be a month or so between drinks. Sadly, that's just the way shit sometimes rolls. But anyway, if you like what you heard, you like what you, um, like what you listen to, which you should, because it's pretty that's fucking, fucking awesome. Contact us on email, pricks at a couple of pricks.com. Or if you don't like it, if you're one of these tasteless fools that, you know, didn't like what we've got to say or don't like what we've got to say go fuck yourself at a couple of briefs.com if you want to hit us up on on twitter i'm acop woody i'm acop nate uh and of course our facebook page which while we won't be on the air we will still be updating the facebook page as we as we do which is facebook.com slash acop podcast catch us on itunes and stitcher radio please leave us a review on itunes if you uh, if you do listen through that medium so for episode 25 i'm nate i'm william and we're a couple of bricks <laughs>